You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. We're talking about practice. Hello, you play to win the game. The Yankees are champions of baseball. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Three, two, one. Happy 2000. No time on the clock, and the Patriots have won Super Bowl 36. Short open. Chicago with the lead! Worldwide Sports Radio Network presents Below the Mic. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Below the Mic. We are live every single Thursday from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. New York Eastern Time. You can call us at 631-965-4990. And remember, you can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app, guys. If you haven't downloaded our app, all you have to do is go to the Apple, the iOS store, the application store. You put in WWSRN. You can listen to our shows. You can watch our shows. You can go to our podcast. You can read our stories. You can follow us. Everything that we're doing, not only here in New York, but around the country with all our shows. You can also go to Android. How do you do that? You go to the Search Android application store, and you put in Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You can download the app. They both work the same way on iOS and Android. Speedy Petey, what is going on? Just trying to battle through today. I didn't sleep much, and I was feeling queasy earlier. So just trying. So to you're sick. There. So you're going to get me sick. Well, I'm I'm better now. But... Queasy? Do you have any sicknesses? Do you have a loss of breath? No. Do you have a fever? No. Because I don't want to get COVID nineteen, my friends. No. I do not want to get sick. So so what do you feel? Are, are you throwing up? Did you feel like you were going to throw up? Because I already seen you throw up about a week ago. Yes, you did. Yeah, it was just earlier. I did once, and that was it. it was oh, like so it. you threw up? Yeah. So hopefully uh, your hands are no longer greasy and yes, either. I my hands. No well, worry. thank you God. Worry. <laughs> well, guys, we have a great show lined up for you guys. At 6.30, we will be talking to comic book writer and creator of Wyona Earp. Bo Smith, he will be joining us. You can call up the show. You can interact with Bo. We're going to interview him, and then all the fans can ask him any question you want except about Season 4. And at 725, we'll be talking to Richmond quarterback recruit Kyle Wickersham. So, Wickersham, right? Is it Wickersham? Well, Speedy needs to learn how to abbreviate names, but uh, I am not the best with names. But anyways, as you guys know, on Below the Mic, we always do this every single week. We call this segment Speedy. Sports and entertainment news. There we go. Patriots quarterback Jared Stidham has thrown seven interceptions in the last three days at practice. Always surprised. Is Jared Stidham going to be the starting quarterback of the team when season starts? No, he will not. It will be Cam Newton. I don't know why anybody thinks, including Jeff, a.k.a. the Tubalard, thinks that Stidham is going to win a job over Cam Newton. Cam Newton... Three years ago was the MVP of the league. It doesn't make any sense why anybody thinks that Cam Newton's not going to win the job. Cleveland, Cleveland's Carlos Santana wears band chief Wahoo gear during a game. Are you surprised that anybody is speaking or anybody's saying some kind of ban or craziness that's going on in the world? I am not surprised that somebody's wearing stupid stuff. I don't I'm not surprised that the league is not saying anything about this, but then again. We, we've seen the NFL um, find players for wearing bit, you know, cleats that they shouldn't be wearing, uh, wristbands that you shouldn't be wearing, or even shirts during practice or pre, you know, preseason games. 
So I think the Major League definitely has to look at this moving forward. NFL rumors. Should Dalvin Cook hold out until his new contract? Well, I know Dalvin Cook is a running back. I know Dalvin Cook believes that he deserves to be one of the highest paid running backs in the NFL. But he's still under his rookie contract. And everybody knows how I feel on this show and on this network. Live out your rookie contract and then earn your big contract. I know he's a running back. I know he takes a big, huge beat in on his body. But this is a guy that still has two years left on his rookie contract. He only has one. He was not a first-round pick. That's right. He's a second-round draft pick. He so, should have been a first-round pick. but obviously that Still, happen. he's under his rookie contract. So you wait another year, and then you get your big-time contract. Des Bryant signing reportedly not imminent after Ravens' workout. Well, anybody that saw Des Bryant in his workout, he didn't look really, really good. And Des Bryant hasn't been in the league for almost two years. He's been, he had a tear at t- t- uh, Achilles last year. This guy can't stay healthy. This guy hasn't played on the football field in almost two and a half years. So I am not surprised, that even though he wants to step back on the field and show everybody that he can still play, that he probably won't step on the football field, an NFL football field, again in the rest of his career. Uh, Jaguars GM, no Yannick Nogatu deal imminent. Well, we're not surprised. And, and I know... Nagatu will be a free agent next year unless they franchise him again. If they franchise him, he's going to be worth about $22, 23000000 I don't see them franchising him next year. I do believe that if there is a trade deadline, he will be traded sometime in the middle of this season, especially if he starts off very, very strong. There are a much, much uh, amount of teams right now in the NFL that are looking for a pass rusher. Jets being one of them, the Giants being another. I wouldn't be so surprised if they get a second or a third round draft pick for Yana Nagato. If they wait all the way to the trade deadline, they might not even get a second. Survey. 41% of the NFL fans won't attend games due to COVID-19 concerns. Are we surprised? I don't think anybody is going to try to get into a public eye or be around other fans when this is going on. There's over 750,000 people that have died worldwide. Uh, over, I think it's over 60,000 have died here in the United States. I can see that fans would probably stay away from the stadiums and try to watch the football games in the the presence of their homes. Ben Roethlisberger comeback will make or break the Steelers' season. Duh. I mean, he's the quarterback. He's been the quarterback for the last 15 years. If he comes back strong, the Steelers will have a chance to make the playoffs and make a run, especially knowing that the Patriots are not going to be the same Patriots team this year. And there are other teams that are probably going to be weak, a.k.a. even the Kansas City Chiefs that are going to lose Jones for this season. So there's there's a possibility that a lot of teams that nobody expects to make the playoffs in the NFC that could make the uh, the playoffs. The, the Pittsburgh Seals are expected to make the playoffs right. with the talent that they have. Yeah, especially going eight and eight last year with that defense playing as well as they did. Now they get a quarterback back, and James Conner wasn't healthy either. Let's not forget about that. James Conner, <laughs> yeah. Union tells NBA players to prepare for delay of free agency. Well, obviously, because the season just started. We don't know when the playoffs are going to end. They're supposedly going to end sometime in October. And then, and then they expect the season to start sometime in December or January for next year. So, obviously, we don't know where the offseason is going to be or prepare for delay of free agency or even the draft. We don't know when the draft's going to be after the season. It'll probably be right away because the season, they want to start the season a month, a month and a half before, you know, after the season ends this year. So, I think it's going to be a huge problem for the NBA. Five teams that should trade for the number one pick if they win the NBA draft lottery. Well, I can name one of them, the New York Knicks. 
The New York Knicks need that, that other superstar to play beside R.J. Barrett. I don't think the Knicks are going to get another superstar this offseason uh, after the season, especially in free agency. So I think they're going to have to really be smart with their draft, especially when they have seven first-round draft picks in the next five years. I could see the Knicks moving up to get that number one pick. Spurs could trade for 2020 lottery pick for Kevin Love and Colin Sexton. Are they nuts? Why would they trade Colin Sexton? Sexton is one of the best young point guards in the NBA. He's looked really, really good the last two seasons. Trading him away makes absolutely no sense. I do believe that they want to get rid of Kevin Love's contract, but Kevin Love only has one more year left on that contract. So why do that? Colin Sexton is good. Sexton is a good player, and this draft is not cluttered with talents. Yeah, so Cleveland at this point should not be worried about their contracts. They should be worried about the assets that they do have. And if they do land a lottery pick, which could be top three for, for the Cavs, they were terrible this year. They're not going to want to do that. LeVar Ball named the one team he doesn't want to trade LaMelo Ball. Here we go. <laughs> well, hold on one second. Trade or draft? All right, so I, 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 I do believe the Knicks are going to be one of those teams. I did not read this article. But I'm sure, even though a lot of people think that LaMelo would love to go and play in New York, be in the, the spotlight to New York and win a championship with the New York Knicks because the Knicks haven't won in almost 50 years or 40 years, a lot of people believe that LaMelo wants to come to the bright lights in New York City. I do believe LeVar would love to keep LaMelo away from New York City. I do. Yeah, that's going to be a big media problem if LaVar is in the New York media. Kyle Lowry reacts to deputies' lies being... Exposed to Massey Yuri's body cam video. Now, everybody knows what happened last year after they won the championship. Their GM got into a fight with a security guard because he wouldn't let him on the court. Now, Kyle Lowry has spoken very, very highly of his uh, GM. Uh, what's his name? Ujiri? Masai Ujiri. Ujiri. Yep. So, uh, Ujiri, who the NBA did find um, what he did uh, last offseason. I'm very intrigued and very interested to see what the NBA does moving forward with this Kyle Lowry uh, situation with the reaction of that. MLB rumors and news. Why the Mets should make the biggest gamble to franchise history on Alex Rodriguez. Now, Alex Rodriguez could have been a New York Met. He wasn't a New York Met. Now there are stories coming out that he's interested in buying the Mets, and he's probably not going to have enough money to buy the Mets. It seems like it's pushing to Steve Cohen. Steve Cohen will be the new owner of the New York Mets in September October moving forward. Orioles Hall of Fame Cal Ripken Jr. reveals February prostate cancer diagnosis surgery on cancer-free. That's good news. I believe that in 2024 when Rob Manford gets fired, and I do believe he will be fired by the owners, they have to look at Cal Ripken Jr. as the next uh, commissioner of the MLB. I think the guy knows baseball. I think he's the, he's a, a good ambassador for baseball. I think he'd be a great fit for baseball and Major League Baseball because he's very well respected around the ownership, GMs, and throughout the league. Pirates president Travis William tests positive for COVID-19. Hopefully he feels better. Uh, there's so many stories coming out, not only through New York State, uh, it's calming down here in New York State. It's getting worse in Arizona. It's getting worse in L.A. It's getting worse, uh, worse in the West Coast more than the East Coast, which I'm very, very surprised, where there's more people coming in and out of New York City uh, than anywhere in the country. So it's very interesting how uh, Cuomo has controlled COVID-19. Um, and 
win-win MLB trade predictions two weeks from 2020 deadline. Well, they're talking about some of the uh, the prediction trades, and a lot of people believe the Mets are going to be looking to trade away uh, Marcus Stroman, uh, maybe uh, um, uh, what's his name, Noah Syndergaard, players that could be on the trade block in the offseason or going to free agency in the next year, year and a half. We said Conforto, too, is another possibility for that. Yeah, so they're only one team, Cleveland being another, Cincinnati being another, knowing that they have the best pitcher in baseball right now in Trevor Bauer, yeah. who has a .6 E8 uh, ER right, right now, right now, and he has a three. He's three and zero right now. Early in the season, his WHIP is under. I think it's under one. Yeah, uh, he's been the best pitcher in baseball. He will be a free agent next year. He's going to demand a lot of money uh, in this offseason. Uh, NHL rumors: Bruins president Tuka Rask opts out to deal with family emergency. That is big news. If anybody thinks Boston has a chance of winning a championship this year. Halak, he's not the guy. I don't believe he's going to win the big game, especially going further in the playoffs. So that's a big, big mistake uh, for uh, the Boston Boston Bruins and Tuka Raska. I don't understand Tuka yeah, especially with the exhibition, making it seem like the regular season is about exhibition games. So. Yeah, they're going to have to hope to get 2010 Yaro Halak when he took an 8-seed Canadiens team to the Eastern Conference Finals. <laughs> Bruce Boudreaux to Toronto. What do you think about that, Speedy? Ooh. I don't like it. I think Boudreaux has been an overrated coach for a while. He's had a lot of talent on Washington, a lot of talent on Anaheim, and he's not a good playoff coach. I mean, he's taken Anaheim to some conference finals, but beyond that, he's like one or done a lot of the time. So I think the Leafs do definitely need a defensive coach, so something of that style, but I probably would want something a little different in terms of in terms of the track record because Boudreaux's bad in the playoffs and the Leafs are bad in the playoffs. That's not good. And the last but not least, the Golden Knights making a case as the best expansions franchise in pro sports history. Well, we remember the Florida Panthers in 93-94, the year of the rat. In 96, they went to the Stanley Cup Finals and lost against the Colorado Avalanche, getting swept by Patrick Waugh and a great Colorado Avalanche team. That was one of the best runs we've ever seen an expansion team ever make. But the Golden Knights in their first year went to the Stanley Cup Finals, lost in the Stanley Cup Finals. They've been around for three years, and they have an opportunity to win a Stanley Cup again this year. It's pretty damn amazing what they've been doing. Yeah, we'll have to see on the track record as a whole, but yeah, they're already off to a really fast start. They've made the playoffs every year. They had that bad blown 3-1 lead, but that's really the only blemish on them, and they went to the Cup. If they win a Cup within that time, they definitely can do it within the next three, five years, something like that. And that is Sports and Entertainment of the Week here on Below the Mic. I do want to get into a couple of stories, and I know a lot of people uh, are not big hockey fans around the country. They're really not. And hockey has been so exciting to watch. I don't know if anybody's been watching the NBA um, playoffs and the NHL playoffs. You cannot compare the NBA playoffs to the NHL playoffs right now. You really can. The speed of the game, you don't need fans out, out and about in the audience for you to get to see some of the great, great uh, talent out there uh, with the Islanders series right now, with the, the Capitals, as well as uh, some of the other series like the Vegas Knights, uh, the Chicago Blackhawks series that just got knocked out by the Vegas Knights. I mean, the, these series have been so fun, so fun to watch. The speed of the game, some of the great superstars that we've seen, the Pittsburgh Penguins getting knocked out before the playoffs even started. I mean, who would have thought that the playoffs would be where it is today right now? The Islanders are one game away from being in the semifinals, knocking off the Capitals, one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. I mean, that's what that's what's great about the NHL. That's what's great about NHL hockey. 
from the NBA, you pretty much know who's going to go to the semifinals and who's going to go to the Eastern Conference and Western Conference Finals and probably the NBA Championship. With the NHL, you just can't pick who's going to go to the finals because of the goaltending, the defense. You don't. And, and Philadelphia. And we have uh, we have Bo coming on. He's a big Philadelphia uh, Flyers fan. And, and the Philadelphia Flyers right now are playing great hockey. They won the number one seed. The way the NHL kind of dri- dr- drove this before the playoffs, before hockey came back, is uh, that the teams that were making the playoffs, not the teams in the round robin that were, had to get into the playoffs, the other teams like Philadelphia, the Boston Bruins, the the Blue Jackets, all the other teams that had to, you know, figure out where the seeding was. Philadelphia won the number one seed, and as well as they deserve it. And you see what Philadelphia is doing right now. They're, they've had a pretty easy run, and, and, and Philadelphia has a chance to knock off um, Montreal, uh, Montreal uh, very, very early in this, uh, in this series. So uh, you look at the NHL playoffs, and I know a lot of people don't like hockey because it's a— uh, in, in quote-unquote a Canadian sport. It's becoming so big here in the United States, especially here in New York, in Long Island. It's huge. Six Long well New York State hockey players were drafted in the first three rounds last year, and it's getting so big here in Long Island. It's unbelievable. We've had tons and tons of NHL players being drafted out of here. Um, so it, it's incredible. The speed of the game, Speedy, has been absolutely remarkable. I've been so impressed with Gary Bettman has draw, drawn up when it comes to the playoffs, I, I thought this was going to be a complete bust, and it's been so exciting to watch. Yeah, I was worried about them not having uh, that, them having too many teams as well at first, but a lot of those lower seeds won, like you were saying, Montreal, Chicago, Arizona, and then all of a sudden, just when we think it's going to be weird, like an NCAA tournament feel, now all of a sudden all the top seeds are winning again, so we don't really know what to believe. We, all, we both picked Columbus to beat Tampa, and Tampa won that in five, so like the Bruins already won. The Flyers are up 3-2, so now all of a sudden it's going back to what do we believe now? And it'll probably reverse up again. Maybe those one seeds will fall after that. I mean, I know Bo doesn't want to hear that because his Flyers are a one seed. But, <laughs> I mean, they're going to be they're going to have a tough task with the Islanders. Well, for sure, it, if that's who they are, they playing, playing the Islanders. If what, if 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 Philadelphia gets out of this round against Montreal and the Islanders get out from Washington, who do yeah, they play? Because because the Lightning don't they play Boston? Yeah, because no, because the Lightning won. So the Lightning and Bruins already are playing no matter wow. what. So the Flyers will the Flyers and the Islanders will play if they round out their series. Which both so me and Bo are going to have to go back and forth when it comes to <laughs> hockey argument. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to tonight's game, uh, game number five for the Capitals and the Islanders. A lot of people expect the Islanders to win this game. Uh, they they had a 2 nothing lead early in the first period uh, in game number four and then completely just fell apart in, in the second period. And then the third period, Ovechkin took over. And when you see Ovechkin take over, yeah. you can see the difference in the speed of the game, especially with the Washington Capitals. It's been absolutely fun to watch. And St. Louis Blues, who was the Stanley Cup champions last year, and I was there when they hoisted the cup in Boston. I was on the ice when I, I, I interviewed Craig Berube and, and, and some of the best uh, young uh, St. Louis players and this year, uh, even though they've had sens- a sensational season, everybody thought it was going to be uh, a bad season for Craig Berube because he took over in the second half of the season. Craig Berube has proven that he's a great coach in the oh, NHL. Yeah. And and right now, St. Louis is down 3-2 to two against a very young, very speedy Vancouver Canuck team. That could be a very hard out if they get out of this series against St. Louis, which a lot of people pick St. Louis to go to the Stanley Cup again this year. That's your, that's your, that's your Vegas team if, uh, if they play. If the Stars win, they will play the Avalanche, and the Vegas Golden Knights will play against those Canucks if they do end up winning. Who was the linebacker we interviewed that went to – who's going to Navy? 
uh, Patrick Turner. He's been texting me. Oh, does he? He has been texting me every day about the Dallas Stars. Every day. Oh, what about my Dallas Stars? I thought they were going to get swept. Da, 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 da. You got to hear this kid. I love the kid. I love the kid. He's a big hockey fan. Uh, I was very surprised. Every day I get this this phone number. It's from another state. It's from Boston. Right. And and I'm like, why is somebody from Boston texting me? And then I, I see it's Turner. He's telling me, oh, what do you think about my Dallas Stars now? What do you think about the 2-2? So I'll tell you this right now. Nothing is like NHL hockey. Nothing's like NHL hockey. The NBA, it's fun to watch with the NBA, but you know what's going to happen. You know, even though I was very surprised that Portland won their first game against the Lakers, I think Portland's going to be a hard Portland's out. Dangerous, yeah. They're a dangerous team, and if, they can't, if the Lakers can't stop Damian Lillard, they don't have a chance. No. They really don't. Because Damian Lillard can take over a game. It's been very impressive what we've seen with Damian Lillard, especially what he did against John Morant in the Memphis Grizzlies. Right. So, and the Blazers have done well inside in that yeah. game, too. They shut down Anthony Davis in that fourth quarter. Yeah, but I- I've been watching, I've been watching uh, NHL hockey every single night. It's, it, and, and the way the NHL is doing right now on NBC Sports, it, it's so fun to watch. And, and you have games back to back to back to back to back. It's, it's fun. You have six games in a day. You never can get sick of hockey, especially playoff hockey. I, I'm very excited uh, for the semifinals. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to see if the Islanders can get out from Washington. I would love to see the Philadelphia uh, Philadelphia Flyers versus the New York Islanders in the semifinals. That would be really, really fun to watch. And then me... And our, our friend that's coming up, Bo, can argue our points on who's the better team and who has the better goaltending. But uh, when we come back, ladies and gentlemen, we will have our very special guest. Jillian was so excited when uh, she got a hold of him and told me that we were going to have him on this show. And I'm looking forward to this. We are going to be talking to comic book writer and creator of Wyona Earp, Bo Smith, here. I'm below the mic. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Six three one nine six five four nine nine zero is the number to call. As you guys know, this is below the mic. We are live every single Thursday from six p.m. to eight p.m. New York Eastern Time. And remember, you can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app on iOS, WWSRN, and Android Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Well, guys, I've been talking about this. Jillian has been talking about this guy for the last couple of weeks. She was very excited to get him on. She's a huge fan of his. But before we introduce him, uh, we're going to introduce him by a clip from Wyona Earp right here on Below the Mic. Remember who the real enemy is. Who we're really fighting. Demons. Deal's off, homie. Run! Not big on cardio these days. We body snatchers. I'm now hallucinating. You play ball, I'll help you break the herb curse. Let's go break a curse. I dream of not having to chase your sorry asses. And why not? Why not herb?
And as you guys know, we are now talking to comic book writer and creator of Wyona Earp, Bo Smith. What's going on, Bo? Oh, just just taking it easy here, enjoying uh, enjoying some of your all's uh, show that I listen to a little bit ahead of time. So uh, I've got something new to discover, new to check in on. <laughs> well, I love the accents, that's for sure. Uh, what, what kind of accent do you have right now? <laughs> you mean... It's not the same as yours? <laughs> well, if it's the same as mine, I, I, if I have the same accent as you, man, I, I'd, be, uh, I'd be ready to go out to Texas and uh, do my little uh, clogging or something like that. So, so how are you doing, man? How, how are you? West Virginia. Go ahead. It's good. It's a West Virginia accent. It's semi-south, so it's more of a, a twang than a southern draw. Oh, okay. Okay, well, I, I love Southern accents, that's for sure. Tennessee women are uh, for me, that's for sure. <laughs> Anyways, as you guys know, we are talking to a very well-known comic book writer and creator of Wyona Earp, Bo Smith. Bo, how are you and your family doing with this pandemic right now? Well, for me, it's not too much of a change. Um, I've been writing comics for 34 years. So I'm used to stiff arming society from afar. So it's not too bad. But my wife, she's open arms to everybody. It's driving her nuts. She wants to hug and touch, and she likes to know what people are feeling and stuff. And I'm a little bit on the other end of the spectrum there. So uh, it, it's, for me, it's not a big of a change for her, though it is. And she spent a lot more time with me here in the last few months than uh, – in our 34 years of marriage, so uh, a little tough on her. As you guys know, again, we are talking to comic book writer and creator of Wyona Earp, Bo Smith. Now, Bo, you, you've, been, you've been writing comics for over 30 years. Tell us a little bit about why you decided to write comics, or where you went to school, and what drove you to start writing comics. Um, it's it basically... I'm by no stretch of imagination I'm putting myself in this kind of a class, but it must have been like when Michael Jordan first touched a round ball and was just drawn to it. When I was a kid, probably four years old, saw a comic book and there was something about static pictures and these word balloons that mesmerized me. And, you know, I always liked TV, always liked movies, but there was something about comic book with pictures and words that just talk to me. So I've been doing this on and off since uh, grade school. In fact, with Winona Earp, I actually created that probably when I was in grade school. Uh, grade school, junior high, high school, college, I went to Marshall University in Huntington, West Virginia, my hometown. And it's just something that's it's always driven me and still does even at uh, my elderly state now. So your passion for the writing of comic books, did it come through the actual, maybe the movies that came with it, the actual comic books before that, like old comic books, or were, were you like a great drawer right away? Did, did you have a talent to draw, and maybe you said, all right, I'm going to turn this into something with comic books. What was your path like for that, and how was it, I guess, discovered, inherited, however you want to call it? Um, I thought I was an artist first, but to be real honest with you, I can't draw a straight line with a ruler. And about ninth grade, I realized that, and I said, well, you know, I'm going to start just focusing on the writing part. And to be honest with you, that's, that's the way to go, because 
as a writer in comic books, you're the actor, director, cinematographer, direct uh, producer. You have complete control of everything. Because when I write a script, it's in full script, much like a screenplay, and I tell everybody what to do. The artist, what to draw, uh, what the characters are going to be doing, what props they're going to be, whatever. You're the, the real control freak thing because you're in complete control. Other than the editor uh, bouncing stuff off of you, it's... Uh, it's a great place to be creatively. As you guys know, we are talking to comic book writer and creator of Wyona Earp, Bo Smith. Now, Bo, I have never watched your show, Wyona Earp. A matter of fact, Jillian reached out to me and she said that she's the biggest fan of your show. She absolutely adores your show and your <laughs> comic books. She's absolutely the hugest fan that you've ever had. And I, I'll tell you that. And she told me, have you never watched sci-fi? And I've, I've watched sci-fi. I like sci-fi movies. I like uh, fictional movies. So I, the other day, I actually popped on something on YouTube, and I watched a couple of clips of your show. So I'm actually going to watch from season one all the way to the new season, season four, because I want to understand what the, what the story is about. So how did you, dis- how did you create this, this book, this story of Wyona Earp? Because I saw so many different things going on in this clip. I, I was like, what the heck is going on? So um, tell us a little bit about how you drew this up and how the story came about. Um, ever since I was a kid, not only with comic books, but I've been a, uh, an unofficial historian of the Old West. I've always loved it. The Old West didn't last very long. But for the period that it did, it's crazy. You know, I grew up in a time when cowboys were on, there were probably 17 to 18 different shows on, only three networks. So that was it. Now, I used to, I, I thought Wyatt Earp and his two brothers that were in the uh, gunfight at the OK Corral were amazing because I had two brothers as well. So I, always was, I was always writing stories about me and my brothers. Of course, you got to remember, I was in grade school, so we were fighting dinosaurs, uh, Frankenstein, Wolfman, because, again, monsters were another big thing when I was a kid. And uh, as I got older and got into comic books, uh, as far as the business part, which is probably about 1987, I wanted to take this and find a way to modernize it, make it work today, because Western comics are not in vogue like they were when I was a kid, so I had to modernize it. So I had her be the great-great-granddaughter of Wyatt and uh, instead of fighting uh, Frankenstein, Wolfman, things like that, she's still fighting monsters, but they're the criminal underworld of monsters. I mean, just because uh, uh, you've got criminals in regular life that are either selling meth, robbing banks, um, things like that, why not a paranormal underworld? where they're doing the same thing, only they just happen to be a vampire, a werewolf, a monster, a demon, whatever. So she's a part of a branch of U.S. Marshals uh, called Black Badge Division, and they're the freak finders, the Halloween hunters, the ones that go after the monsters that have committed crimes. And they do everything that U.S. Marshals do, put them in witness protection if they have to, put them in jail, put them in the dirt, whatever it takes. So that was my thing, and I wanted to be a bit of gender bender, where instead of a, a great 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 grandson of wider, I made it a, a, a granddaughter in the fact that that would be different, and it put a little different quirk on it. And it's a big so hit. That's kind of how it it's a big hit. 
oh, it's, it's been a very big cult hit, and <laughs> the show is postmodern uh, Western horror comedy action thriller. It's got everything, so there's a genre for everybody. So no matter what kind of movie or television show or book that you like, we've got a little bit of that in our small, low-budget, Canadian production. Well, I will say this. I am a huge country western guy. I, I grew up with my grandfather. He he brought me, he taught me John Wayne. I watched Ronald Reagan in movies. I mean, Ronald Reagan, the president of the United States. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people don't even know he was an actor. <laughs> I, I was named after Errol Flynn. My name is Errol Flynn. You know, Errol, I was named after Errol Flynn. So I watched a lot oh. of... Yes, so I was named after Errol Flynn, so he was in a lot of country-western movies as well. So I had the uh, Captain Blood yeah. and Robin Hood. I mean, those weren't country-western movies, but those are movies that everybody knows who Errol Flynn is. But um, I was named after, and, and, and also, I'm a huge Tombstone fan. I love Tombstone. My favorite movie of all time with Russell, uh, uh, with Kurt Russell and Val Kilmer, I'll be a Huckleberry, to uh, Sean Elliott, I, I mean, uh, Paxton. I mean, that was one of the best movies I've ever seen. And I actually went to see that movie in the movie theater with my mother. I love country western movies. So telling me that this TV show is kind of like a little bit of country western into a little sci-fi and uh, I, I love Wolfman, I love Dracula, Count Dracula I, 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 you know it's funny, I never even heard of this show and now that you're telling me a little bit about it, I'm absolutely going to watch it from season one all the way to the new season four I, I'm going to be your big fan and, and we're going to get you on the show again but Jillian told me you're a huge sports fan. That's what she told me. Yep. And, uh, yep. Um, that, that and the great outdoors, both. Yeah. We've had them. And she also told me you were a Chicago bears fan. And, uh, so I, I, I want to know. 1963. Uh, there you go. Ooh. So wow. 1963. And I'll tell you this right now. Uh, I've watched a little bit 63, of Chicago. 63. 1963. So, uh, you're getting a little up there in age as well as I am. I'm 38 years old, and I feel old myself. So <laughs> I'll tell you, my neck's falling off. My arms are falling off. I'm sitting over here. I've got an epidural in my neck. So as you know, as you get older, you just start wearing and tearing. So there you go. Um, I, I know you're a huge Bear fan. So my question to you is, going into this season with the whole COVID-19 Mitchell Trubisky, this is a make-or-break year for him and the Chicago Bears. Where do you see the Bears this year, especially with that defense? Um, the defense has almost always not really worried about. I think they are going to, to take their own, especially with Quinn on there now with him and Khalil Mack. I mean, that's just uh, – I'm salivating thinking about that. As far as Mitch uh, at quarterback and you got – now in there, I think that's what, I think they're going to be good for each other. And the bottom line is, I clicked on the remote at the television during Bears games years ago because it was making my tension rise too much. So I said, I'm going to enjoy every minute, especially out of this COVID season. I'm going to enjoy every second I can get out of it. And I think it's it's going to fall away. I think we are we've got two choices. We're either going to be a 500 team. Or we are going to be the worst spoilers you've ever seen in that division. <laughs> uh, there is 
there's a really, really good chance with that defense and those quarterbacks that we could end up being number one in the division or ruin it for everybody else, especially the Packers and the Vikings. To, uh, um, I have to spit every time I say those two names. <laughs> uh, I, think we can, I think we can ruin, ruin the season for those two. So, uh, yeah, I think we're either more likely, realistically, probably about 500, but the creative writer in me wants that. I want to just, I want every, I want the Vikings and the Packers to open their front door and find a bag of dog crap on fire <laughs> every week that they've got to stomp out. So a lot of Bears fans I was arguing with on social media last year that aren't a big fan of their head coach right now, Matt Nagy. He was great the first year, I think a well-deserving coach of the year, but regressed the second year, uh, his offense as a whole. But my argument was the fact that a lot of those receivers and offensive linemen overperformed in 2018, and then they went back to normal kind of in 2019. Do you feel the same way about Nagy as a play caller and as a head coach that he really doesn't deserve as much criticism as he gets? I don't think he deserves as much criticism. I think that, and again, I'm not privy to what goes on in the locker room and the meetings and stuff, but I truly feel like in his first season, they should let him go. If he's got something crazy, let him go with that. He's got a team of talented people on offense now that he can do that with. If he is let free to do some of these wild, wacky, kind of crazy things, I think they're, they can be similar to Kansas City and Philadelphia with the style that they play. I just hope they let him go. If he tries to remain um, a standard there of coaching, I think that's, uh, that's throwing a gift of his away. He needs to be let loose. We are talking to comic book writer and creator of Wyona Earp, Bo Smith. Now, Bo... I actually like the Chicago Bears. Uh, believe it or not, I'm a Jet fan. I grew up a Jet fan. I've been a Jet fan since 1982. So yeah. not not quite 1963, but uh, I'm right there with you, man. I'm getting old, <laughs> and I don't think I'll ever see my team win a championship. But three years ago, actually two and a half years ago, I believe that the Bears had the opportunity of a lifetime if their field goal kicker could have just kicked that ball right through the hashes. It didn't happen. It knocked the Bears out of the playoffs. And I thought that was the year of the Bears. I, I, I really did. That was when they made yeah, you thought move. they were going to beat the Saints. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I thought they were the best team in the NFC. I really did. Uh, they had one of the best seasons. I thought Nagy was coach of the year. And I love Mitchell Chabinski. I still like Mitchell Chabinski, where there's a lot of Bear fans that yep. keep saying, trade him, get rid of him. He's garbage. He's no good. They traded away all those picks to move up two spots or one spot to get him, and they completely wasted. So my question to you, when you look at the Bears right now and you look at the talent that they have, and I love Khalil Mack. I think they, uh, they didn't – they didn't give up much to get him, okay? Especially what you see with the Jets got for right. Jamal Adams. I mean, they got a hole for Jamal Adams, and he's a safety. Khalil Mack is the best pass rusher, in my eyes, in the NFL. When you look at this team as a whole, just as a whole, special teams, coaching, quarterbacks, everything. Honestly, and, and you say they're a 500 team, and you, I don't think they're a 500 team. I think they're a lot better than, they, than a lot of people look, look at them right now. So... Do you think that this team could surprise a lot of people this year when there's no fans out in the audience, where there's no advantage of playing out on your stadium, where there's fans loud and screaming like the 12th man in Seattle? Do you think the Bears could squeak into the playoffs and surprise a lot of people? 
Oh, definitely. In fact, if we get to play X amount of games into the COVID season, I think even without the fans in the stands, I think the Bears will rise to the occasion on that because they're not going to feel the pressure that they usually do. And I think that is is, uh, going to help the camaraderie within the team because I think that was part of the Mm drop-off with the missed field goal was we got hurt more with camaraderie than we did anything else. So I think that that's going to help immensely if it sounds right to not have fans in the stands. But I think that's going to help a team like the Bears. You take on uh, teams like Oakland and uh, New England. Uh, they're, they're going to miss the fans in the stands. And I'm not saying that the Bears won't, but I think they're going to find themselves in a movie-like situation to where we've got each other. We can do this. And I think they will do it. And I think I know the Chicago fans in the city will get behind them once they start to do stuff like that. Trubisky, I think uh, this will be a year for him to shine when he can. Nick Foles is great. I, I think he's a great character and a great quarterback. And Lord knows he can do his job and he's in there. So um, I, I've got a lot of high hopes for the season, Errol. Mm. How about the Philadelphia Flyers, your your hockey team that is playing great hockey right now? Their goaltender has been the hottest goaltender in the playoffs. And when you have a goalie playing as well as he has back-to-back shutouts, where do you think the Flyers could go knowing that they have a hot goalie uh, like they do? They've got depth this year, which we haven't had in a long time. And But right now, these Canadians, we got to find a way to get them out of town. They are driving me up the wall. They are playing just good eye-to-eye, fist-to-fist hockey right now. And uh, every night that they're on, I'm sitting there watching it going, we've got to get rid of Montreal somehow, some way. Because I believe once we do, that's going to put us right back to where we were before we started playing uh, Montreal, which was, uh, i got to be honest with you, as a fan, I was feeling pretty cocky. It was nice to be in the driver's seat for one, especially to have the flyers in that position. Because usually when you do good towards the end of the season, we get in barely, and then bang, first round, we're gone. So this year, I was was the cock on the walk. I was feeling pretty pretty good, but I I really want to get Canadians out. The other thing, too, with the Flyers, they finally have a goaltender, and Carter Hart has been one of the most impressive, not only in the regular season, but in the postseason as well. What have you seen from him in terms of the growth of his game as a goaltender and in terms of back-to-back shutouts, the youngest goaltender to ever get that? What have you seen from him that really has stood out? Um, I think his, uh, in quotes, inexperience is what's helping him right now. I don't think the pressure whether it's self or from the media or uh, from the fans, is affecting. I think he is so concentrated on what he's doing because he's never been put in this position before. And I think that's the best. Um, um, I'm, hoping I'm hoping he doesn't realize what's going on exactly and keeps doing what he's doing. As you guys know, we are talking to comic book writer and creator of uh, Wyona Earp, Bo Smith. Now, Bo, 
I, I've I've watched a lot of hockey over the years, and I am a hockey player. I grew up a hockey player. Uh, I was a top prospect at the age of 17, a top 50 prospect. Uh, it's a long story. Maybe you can write a book about me, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> hey, trust me. I can make a character out of anybody. Well, I use it with my family. Uh, sometimes when they threaten me or uh, say something I don't like, I always say, I always put you in a comic book. And it won't be in a very good life. So it's a good thing to keep in mind. Well, if you today. if you want to write a comic book about me, man, we could sit down and talk, man, because I can have you laughing uh, if I told you some of the stories about <laughs> me, man. <laughs> hey, I'm all for it. Oh. All for it. Well, well, then we're going to be talking because I have this guy right beside me. He's a character <laughs> by himself. And uh, he would tell you a little bit about me, the things that I put him through. Oh, God. <laughs> You two make such good pair, though. Well, you know, I, I try to. You know, I try. Well, we're definitely not. Uh, we're a good pair. Uh, we're uh, boss and uh, talent over here. How's that sound? Actually, talent and boss right over here, there and something go. over there. <laughs> we call like, Speedy something like. over there. Something over there. I'm just a random thing over there. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm haunting. Maybe we'll never know. Well, you are haunting. I mean, I look at you all the time. You haunt me every single day of my life. Wow, I don't even have to work hard to do that. (laughs) How long have you two been together, working together? Well, we're not together. Um, (laughs) Almost almost three years. Actually, actually, tomorrow is actually the three-year anniversary of my first day. That's right. Three years. Um, It was... uh, he He remembered... Right, right there. That's the sensitivity. Mm. He remembered. I didn't hear you volunteer that. Bo, Bo if so. to put it in context, it was also the same day. It was also so the same day everyone was going crazy about the uh, the solar eclipse. Mm-hmm. You remember that? Oh, I remember that. Yeah, that yes. was the same yeah. day. Yeah, August twenty first, two thousand seventeen. This guy is like, uh, you know, I call him Speedy uh, PD because uh, if if you if you haven't watched our show, he talks very fast. He's got a world of knowledge when it comes to sports, Bo, uh, but he doesn't shut up. Okay, so we call him Speedy, and we call him PD because if you remember, in nineteen seventy nine, oh uh, Disney came out with a movie called Pete's Dragon. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Now, if you ever watch that that, that movie uh, and you look at Pete, he looks just like Pete from Pete's Dragon. It looks exactly <laughs> identical to him. So, or so he thinks. <laughs> so, All right, Bo. Bo, you be the judge. Without the facial hair, what do you think? <laughs> Without the facial hair, I would. You could pass for high school. Yes, you can pass for high school. Okay, age. well, that's not a, a seven so, or eight year old kid like he's describing. But and that's okay. seven, eight year old kid. He was no, fourteen. Oh, he was that's, okay. Yeah, all right. He was fourteen well, in the movie. Okay, I, didn't know. I never saw it. All right, and when he turned fifteen, sixteen, or something like that, he he couldn't see Pete anymore. So, okay. I mean, he couldn't see the dragon anymore. So, all right, Bo, Bo, that is a completely fair analysis because I do look somewhat similar to I did than what I did later when I was in high school, probably my junior season. But he year. still looks goofy, man. He still looks goofy. I always look goofy. That's, <laughs> that's a good thing. That's a given. See, I have not I have not changed. I have looked sixty five since I was sixteen. So now that I'm sixty five I still look the same way when I was busy sixteen. So it's kind of a uh it, it, it's worked out real good for me. Uh, you look good. You look good for a 60-year-old man. Let me tell you, man. I mean, oh, when I go... Yeah, let me tell you. 
Bo, when I go out in public, people people are so surprised that I am uh, I am 38 years old. A matter of fact, I went to get an epidural last week in my neck because I have a I have a terror I have a herniated disc in my neck. And the lady came up to me and she yeah. says she looks at the piece of paper and she says, "Why does it say 38 on the piece of paper?" I was like, "Because I'm 38 years old." She's like, "No way, you're 38." I said. Yeah, I'm 38. I could swear you were 26, 27 years old. I said, well, uh, thank you for the compliment, but I feel like I'm an 80-year-old person. So, And she started laughing. So and she's sitting there. I said, this is my second see, epidural. I, can't feel, I cannot tell the difference between 28 and 38. Uh, you show me a 28, 38-year-old person, nine times out of ten, not going to be able to see that. It's, my mom said it best uh, when she was uh, 60 years old. Mm-hmm. She goes, and again, uh, I don't know. This can, my mother was very independent. Part of who one on earth is based on. Um, but she told me, and this I found to be true. She goes, and I'll clean this up. She goes, once you go take some, it all goes to crap. <laughs> and she didn't say crap. And she was dead. She was dead serious. She goes, everything falls apart. She goes, at age 50, she goes, I can still tie a rope around my waist. Go out on the roof and patch it if it needed. She goes, at 60, it was like a light switch, and it said, nah, we're getting you close to the dirt map. So, <laughs> but she was dead honest on that. She said 60, and she was pretty, pretty close to it. When I hit 60, I had aches and pains I didn't have. So, Errol, I hope that uh, the, the neck has gone away by then, and uh, you're causing all kinds of trouble. Well, by we, can, the, we, can write a, we can write a story. You can cut my head off, and you, I could be a character – on in your book with uh you know no body and no head you know so I, I you know you, you can so you'd be a ghost I'd be a ghost yes I'd be a ghost you can call me ghost of Errol's past okay <laughs> or something like that hey, I, I've got an unlimited budget in comics <laughs> you can do anything you want we've got an unlimited budget there's no special effects I can't do well well that's why we're gonna have to talk my friends <laughs> that's right. as you can, as you guys know we are talking to comic book writer and creator of Wyona Earp Bo Smith so. A lot of fans, Jillian being one of them. You have a tremendous amount of fans. A matter of fact, I was going through social media. There is over there is a fan club, a Wyona Earp fan club right now on Facebook that has over a hundred thousand fans, and it only opened up, I think, um, I think it was about a year ago. So you've got over a hundred thousand people yeah. that follow your fan club on Wyona Earp. Uh, like, I, 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 what do they call that? Uh, a page, a Wyona Earp page for Facebook. And group, yeah. I, yes, and I looked at your Twitter page too. You've got a tremendous amount of fans going over there. I never even heard of the show, but now I'm becoming a fan of you and a fan of your show. So we wanted to, <laughs> we wanted to get some fans on um, a call so they can ask you questions. Are you ready? Oh, great! Yeah. All right. Oh yeah. Who do we have first? One by one, tell them where you're from and what question you have for them. Hey, Bo. Can you hear me? How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm as pretty as you remember. My name is Cushy. I'm a teenager from Arkansas and okay. the United States. And my and question, question for you, you is... Wait. No, no. Talking... Yeah, to, talk, no, no. Hold on. What, what is your name? Say your name slowly. And ask him your question slowly My name and, is- and, and talk into the phone so he can hear you because he can't hear you. 
Hello? I guess she's gone. <laughs> as quick as she came in, she left. Next person, just speak into the phone and ask your question slowly so Bo can hand, answer your question. Hi, my name is May, and I want to know what was your first favorite comic book you ever read? Um, that's that's pretty easy, actually. It was Batman number 143. I read it. Oh, I did not read I got it the day before first grade, so this is probably 1961, and I was so excited to go to first grade to go to school the next day because I thought that next day I would come home from school and be able to read. Well, surprise, surprise, uh, they didn't teach me to read one day, and I was very disappointed that uh, that happened. I had no idea the reading process took a long time to work. But it was Batman number 143. I still have that comic book, and in fact, I've got an even better version of it that Tim Rosan, who I co-write Wine on Earth with sometimes, uh, he also plays Doc Holliday on the Wine on Earth TV show. And he got that for me a couple of years ago, and it's a beautiful, beautiful copy of basically the first comic book I ever read. All right. Wow, thank you very much, and thank you for creating my own or Thank you. Oh, thank, thank you very much. All right, next person. Hey, I'm, I'm okay, I'm sorry. Next person, just state your name and where you're from and ask your question. Hi, Bo. This is Mark. Um, I was wondering if you could answer a question for me. Sure. Okay, I am the biggest fan of Wine on Earth. I started watching it right after season one started, and I have loved it ever since. And I've always, ever since I was little, collected comic books. I'm a huge comic book aficionado. I have just obscene amounts of DC, Marvel, a couple Indigo and more independent ones, but mostly the big ones that I'm working on stretching out my collection. But I love creative writing and comic books, and I consider myself to be an aspiring illustrator. And so I was wondering, if who is an aspiring comic book artist, it's one of my biggest strengths to be one one day. Um, what pieces of advice would you give them? Uh, first off, whether it's writer or artist or both, never stop doing either one. Every day, do a little bit. Even if it's 10 minutes, and I know that doesn't seem like much, but write every day and don't just because you like comic books and let's say you like movies as well or TV shows, don't take everything experience-wise from those. Read other books, nonfiction, fiction, anything, because most of the exposure you're, you'll get from those will cause ideas for you to change into. It's like my love for the Old West. I thought, oh, this is great. Okay, how can I fit vampires, werewolves, and six guns into it? So that realistic idea gave me the spark I needed for the creativity part. And in school, to be honest with you, I took every creative writing class I possibly could. And again, there, some of them were kind of boring sometimes. But what I took from them was, how can I make this my own? Even though they want me to read uh, Shakespeare or this book on, certain book on history, I always found a way on my own time to make that my own for it to make sense to me. And to be honest with you, I even did that as a, as a kid in church sometimes. 
they would tell us, you know, the Sunday school lesson or the sermon. And, yeah, I mean, not that I was changing the Bible, which I wasn't, but I was adding to other things with it. And as a little kid, when I was growing up, creativity sometimes was stifled because I always told teachers I want to be a comic book writer comic book artist and they would say, there's no money in that. You probably ought to try being a newspaper or magazine writer. Well, now there's not those restrictions. As I'm telling you, you can do anything you want, especially with technology. So there are no holds barred. Whatever you're interested in, there's ways of of making that work and uh, becoming a full-grown adult and making money from it as well. All right. Awesome, though. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Have a great day. All right. You ne- too. Next person, state your name, where you're from, and your question for Bo. Hey, Bo. Hey. My name is Chrissy. I'm a teenager in Arkansas in the United States. Hey, Chrissy. And my question for you is, which character on the show has had the greatest impact on you personally? I would have to say um, it would be Wine on Earth just for the fact that when I created Wine on Earth in the comic books, and that was 1996, I always based her off my mother and my grandmother, probably two of the most independent, strong women I've ever known in my life. And getting I'll never forget in the auditions for Fano, who plays Wine on Earth, held up the badge to the camera and said, I'm one on Earth, U.S. Marshal. Literally, not sounding like a cliche, chills went up my neck. So that probably is, is the character that, that has the biggest impact for me. Um, for characters that I did not create in the comic books, which would be her sister Waverly, Nicole Hot, and even Doc Holliday, I would say it has to be Sheriff Randy Necklace because there's a character that's close to my age, that doesn't look that much different from me. And he's the probably the oldest guy on the show, and it shows to me that, hey, old guy can hang out with the young guys and still fight crime and monsters. Everything's good. So I would have to say Randy Nedley is, is my second. Thank you so much, Bo. Those are really good answers. Well, thank you, Chris. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah. Have uh, a good day. All right. You stay out of trouble. <laughs> That, no such thing, Bo. No such thing. <laughs> Thank you, Bo. You're welcome. All right. Next person, state your name, where you're from, and your question for Bo. Anybody else? We, we've we've lost uh we lost <laughs> the take. Jillian, you there? <laughs> Well, there you go, Bo. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. All I right. had my phone on mute because I was letting everybody else. All right. Before. Well, go ahead, Jillian. Fire away. Fire away. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, so I know that you can't tell us about the rest of season four at the moment, but so far, the season or any season, what has been your favorite moment from the show? Um. Well, I'll tell you this about season four. We're halfway, you know, in right now, and we've got a few more to go. Some of the biggest surprises that you that you can imagine in a four-year period are about to happen. That I can say. 
as far as the four years we've been on here so far, um, call me sentimental, but um, season one is still, and probably only, even if we go 10, 15 years, season one will always be my favorite because it was a truly innocent time with the characters, with the storyline. You're getting to know everybody in the beginning, and uh, it's something I'll always be able to look back fondly on because the characters and the storylines have changed so much. So much has has been layered and uh, is complicated now in a good way. So um, I, will, I would have to say season one will always be my favorite. Um, and personally, the humorous moments are always the ones that I seem to enjoy the most. Um, Doc Holliday, the first time he sat down in a modern day car, because you got to think he's 135 years old, had never seen a car until he came out of the well that he was banished in. And he's sitting behind the seat of that car, and the windshield wipers are going back and forth, and he's looking at him like, what? What magic is this? <laughs> the radio comes on on a cell phone, and a call comes in. <laughs> what devil is that? He, he continues to call social media the Twitter or the tweeter and the Facebook. So those kind of moments always mean a lot to me. So they're, they're fun, and uh, I think those have just begun to be explored. No, I definitely remember that. I, I just when you said it, I just started like laughing. I'm like, I remember that scene so <laughs> perfectly in my mind. I'm like, that that was great. Yeah, all the funny moments. Yeah. There's so many. I think there's way too many to count. Well, that's the point, Jillian. You bring up a good point. There are so many because, as, as everybody knows, I created one on Earth in the comic book that's, that has been published for twenty some years. When sold the rights to television to do that, that's when the showrunner and writer, Emily Andrus, took over. And I like to put it this way, and I've said it so many times that it's the best way of saying it. I gave her a, a loaf of bread, and she took that loaf of bread and made sandwiches for the world. Because with her smart, witty, quick way of thinking, she created so much from from the little bit of whole plot that I gave her and added to it. She created the character Nicole Hot, Waverly. She brought in Doc Holliday with his backstory and just about everything that you see on there. She took my Bobo Del Rey villain and layered him so heavily you think, you know, you're under six crazy quilts. So Emily Anders, the cast and the crew have done so much that it's it's hard to be having They've been very gracious with um, what they've let me be a part of with the show. Uh, because basically, contract-wise, all they have to do is send me a check. They've done what I've been a, a part of it since the beginning. And they have they have been more than gracious uh, to let uh, a weirdo like me that talks like me into a party like that. And I keep waiting for the day I'm going to get tossed out. Someone's going to go, hey. Let this stump jumper in here, but that has not happened yet. So. Hey, Bo, they should be sending me a check too. <laughs> oh, and by the end of it, they probably will. <laughs> <laughs> well, if if I get like a, a check from Sci-Fi, if if I if I get a check from Sci-Fi, I'll be sure to thank you. You'll be sure to share it with. Me. <laughs> I got to tell you, I got to ask you guys right now. My camera, I think, went out. I don't know if you can see. It's all right. And I know what a what a 
sad thing is that is there anything particular I should get? I don't. I hate to be unprofessional, but should I touch something to make it come back? No, you're fine. It, it's okay. It's okay. we could st- we could still right. hear you. We still see you. And you know, uh, I love that beautiful beard. I don't know what lives in it, but I love that beautiful beard. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you don't want to. You don't trust me. You don't want to know what lives in here. So uh, I, I like to have fun. Okay, I, I I do. I like to have fun. So uh, what I like to do, yeah. Bo, is I like to play some music. And, and obviously, you might not be the dancing type, but you might be the singing type. And I picked a track that you probably know. It was very popular in the late '70s, and and it's still very very popular. And I I would love for you to sing it with us. Okay. Hey, your your punishment. Here we go. <laughs> Are you ready? Uh-huh. Sure. All right. Here we go, Speedy. Here we go. Play it. Speedy, or, or, do we have a problem over here? Uh, we have a problem. <laughs> Play it over, Speedy, because our producer, by the way, he is he's been doing this for three years. Do you hear the music, Bo? Do you hear it? All right, pause it, pause it, pause it. Bo, do you hear the music? I'm... No. You didn't hear the music. That stinks, man. I'm trying, no. I, I'm trying because... I'm it, sorry. It's okay, it's, it, it's okay. We're, we're trying to get you to hear the music, but he probably can't hear it on the board, but that's all right. Well, so we can't sing it with him. Uh, do you know Sweet Caroline? By Neil Diamond. That's right. So I will, you will follow me. All right. So we're going to play the music and, and you're going to. F- <laughs> All right. So you're not going to be here, be able to hear the music, but you're going to be able to sing it with me and you just follow along. You know, the words. Okay. okay? Here we go. Speedy play it from the beginning. Okay. Where it began, I can't can't begin begin to knowing, but then I know it's growing strong. What in in the spring? And spring became the summer. And spring became the summer. Who have believed you come along? Hands. Touching hands. Reaching out. Touching me. Touching you. Come on, Bo. Sweet Caroline. Times never felt so good. So good, so good, so good. I'm and why to believe that never would, but no, no. All right, all right, all right, all right. We tried, Bob. We tried. We tried. I mean, we're not singing. Hey, that was a first for me. I, I appreciate taking me out of my comfort zone and into a world that's scared the pee out of me. <laughs> well, if you hung out with me, hey. I'd scare the hell out of you. That's for sure. 
somehow I pictured, okay, I pictured me at 65, you're at 38, you're looking fun. I never had and really glad that it happened that way. There you go, man. I, I, I know somebody actually came in. Does anybody have any more questions for Bo? Yeah, Jillian had another one, too. And Jillian is somebody for somebody that couldn't make it on the air. So do both, Jillian. So first, I'm going to let Cushy go because she has a question for someone who unfortunately could not make it on the air. So, Cushy, go ahead and ask your question. Go ahead. Oh, it's Cushy again. So, my friend, I have one when you're done. So, my friend, Emily, she's from the the UK. And she wanted to ask you, what was your biggest inspiration for writing the characters in your comic? Um... I, I think a lot of it came from observing people, um, whether it would have been when I was a kid at a grocery store or, or just my friends and school teachers, things like that. It's noticing people and, and again, putting a spin or a twist on them. Um, the very first bad guy that I ever wrote in a comic book back in 1987 was based off my insurance salesman. He, I went to him. Uh, it was my first car. He made things really complicated. I left the office that day going, okay, all right, I'll get you one day. Well, 1987, I made him the bad guy in my very first comic book. So a lot of it's through observation like that. Um, And so many people that you see in One on Earth, the comic book, you can pretty much uh, guess that they were based on real people. I am constantly putting my friends, my family in the comic book as, all kinds of various characters. So, uh, and I kiddingly told Errol that a while ago, but, you know, you, 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 you can do anything you want. And I look at every comic book I write as the last one I'll get to write. So I want to try to stuff as much into it as possible. Thank you so much, Bill. I'll, let, I'll make sure to oh. tell Emily about this. Well, thank you, Cushy. And thank Emily for me as well. Definitely. Thank you so much. Have a good day, sir. You do. So polite, Bo. So polite. I, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Hey, they're nicer to you than they are to me, man. They, they call up and they ransack me. They kill me. And they, they love you, Bo. I mean, well, maybe I should be a book writer. <laughs> well, let, let me tell you, Harold, it wasn't, it wasn't always that way. I'll be real honest with you. Um, the first, probably... 30 years of writing comics, my basic fan base were guys 15 to 55. And it was typical guy stuff, you know, you know, locker room stuff, you know, where it came up, hey, boy, that's a pretty good comic book. You know, smack, hit you in the shoulder. You know, always a smart-ass thing to say. You know, that was just the way we communicated. When I started doing Wine on the Earth, everything flip-flopped. Mm-hmm. I, not only do I still have the audience male 15 to 55, but now I have women 15 from 55, and they're called Earthers. That's what they call themselves. There's a big one on Earth fan. And Errol, night and day, and I never thought I'd see it in a million years. They are the most respectful, kind viewers and readers I've ever had in my life. I never thought this could happen. And I'm very, very thankful and very grateful for it. 
Now if I could just get my girlfriend in to treat the same way, it would be good. But uh, that's just the way it builds up. But it makes a big difference. It really does. Well, you you know, you can make a character on your show called Errol's Earp or something, or Errol Earp, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, Erpel. Uh, what what do you want to call Erpel? Erpel. Oh, you can call me Erpel. <laughs> <laughs> the Erpel. Like I'm the evil Erpel. <laughs> I like it. That actually See? does sound good for a supervillain name. The evil Erpel. Creativity happening already. All right. Hey, listen, we'll we'll talk, man. We'll we'll talk. I, I I've got some ideas for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. man, Jillian, you have anything to say before we let Bo go? Yeah. Um. Actually, there is one more person who does have a question. Her name is Jillian, as well. That is not me. We do have some one more person hey. who does have a question for you, Bo. So, Jillian. Take it away. All right. Hi. Hey, Jillian. I'm super nervous, but, you know, because you're just amazing. Um, I think my question might have already been answered. Um, uh, How did you get started in writing comics? Um, Actually, how I got into the comic book business was when I was a kid and then even through the 80s, Every comic book had a letter column, and fans, would, readers would write in that to the editors saying what they liked about this issue or didn't like about that issue. And so what I started doing was I wrote a letter to every comic book that I bought. As soon as I read it, I sat down and wrote them a letter. And I started noticing even then I've got to make it different from Jimmy Edwards or Errol Jones, or whoever wrote their their letter in there. So I signed my full name, Stephen Scott Bo Smith. So immediately four names made stand out a little bit. And I ended up having probably over three to 400 letters printed in comic books. And I mean, everything you can think of. And during that time period, the editors got to know me because I sent so many letters in and I signed four names. So if I'd go to a convention... I'd go, and the editor would go, well, yes, I'm uh, Vic Giordano, and your name? And I'd say, well, I'm Stephen Scott Bo Smith. He goes, you're the guy with four names. I know you. I read your letter to me. And what happened was, after a while, they said, hey, is it right if we send you advanced copies of these so we can have a letters column? I said, sure. And a relationship built up in it to where, after a while, assistant editors and editors would go, have you ever thought about writing comics? And I would yeah, well, I kind of pondered that a little bit. And through them, I, that was an end to a door that was open to me through their kindness. And plus, to be honest with you, my ability to market myself as something a little different than the regular readers that were writing in. Because I always try to make my letters entertaining, respectful, and funny if I could. And uh, that's how I broke into the business part of comics. But... Um, the bulk of it was going to conventions and building up relationships with editors, with other writers, artists, and very, very honest, uh, never given up because when I decided to get into comics, uh, it was the end of my first marriage. I was not living with my mm-hmm. son. I, I was divorced, and I was in a nowhere job at the time. And I can remember sitting in the parking lot on the tailgate of my truck going, well... Finally, got to know her real quick, 
And I decided then, <laughs> I've always loved comics. You've always wanted to be a writer. This is the time to make a stab at it. And uh, from that point on, and again, like I, I, I talked about a while ago, if nothing else, I took 10 minutes a day to, to write something and to build those relationships up. And um, being a, you know, a guy from West Virginia in a small town, you know, everything was in New York. And that was a hard thing to do. We didn't have email, computers, technology, you know, back in 1987. And um, that's why today, if someone were to do that, no matter what field they're going to get into, there's no holding to bar with technology. You can do that. You can make yourself known. You've just got to take your talent and be willing to market yourself as well. Um, I talk to schools and uh, universities and high schools and grade schools a lot. And when that question comes up, and I really, really, I'm, I'm trying I'm try not to take too long, but I uh, had really neat experience where it was, um, I talked to kids and I told them, I said, what do you want to be? And this one boy told me, he goes, I want to be a professional baseball pitcher in the uh, major league. And we've all said that. I know, Lord knows, I, you know, I wanted to be a wide receiver for the Chicago Bears, and they sorely needed it the most back in the day. But, and I told him, I said, even if you don't, it doesn't pan out to where you're, you've got the, the, the talent to be a starting major league pitcher in the um, MLB, uh, Major League Baseball. I said, find a Find something in baseball where you can still work in baseball, get paid for it, and still be close to it. So, you know, and, and that goes with anything that you're interested in, whether it be video games or, or whatever, making shoes, designing clothes. And probably 15 years later, I was at the local mall, and this guy came up to me. He goes, hey, uh, you don't remember me, but uh, you talked to my school. And I said, oh, well, good, you know, glad to meet you. We, we sat there and talked a little bit. Ends up, he was that kid. And what he was doing then, he was the, he's the equipment manager with the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks. Hmm. So he took that advice and started out in uh, minor league ball and worked his way up to, to excuse me, AAA for the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks and worked his way up and uh, is still doing that job. So nothing could make me more proud to think that you know, the blind pig found an acorn, and I gave that acorn to somebody, and they <laughs> really did something with it. I never heard that so, one. Blind uh, pig God. with the acorn? Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm going to use that now on my show. Is that, <laughs> is, is that what Urple transfers a, trans, transitions a squirrel into? Well, he's going to write a story. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be called Urple. <laughs> or, or squirrels become pigs. <laughs> the Urple. Starring Errol yeah. Marks. <laughs> Thank you, Beth. Oh, you're very welcome. I appreciate you asking. Yeah, I've, I dabbled it in high school years and years and years ago, but I just never had the confidence to continue. So but that's very helped a lot. So thank you. Well, well, keep doing it. And even at some point, you'll feel like sharing it with other people to see what they think. That even if you don't get to that point, you're always doing it, and the creativity should never be shoved in. You should always find an outlet, uh, a venue for it. So just keep doing it, please. Okay. Well, thank All you right. so much, Beth. You're very welcome. Jillian, uh, do you have anything to say before we let Bo go? Um, I just want to say thank you so, so much for coming on and doing the interview. I 
that, that was so much fun. I had a great time, even though I was a listening well, half of the time. <laughs> well, most <laughs> I, got got to meet, I got to meet uh, yeah. a couple of new buddies there. And Jillian, you've always been, you know, you've had my back number one every every time. So I truly appreciate that. But uh, I, I thank you for, uh, you know, giving me this opportunity, guys. This has been great. Oh, well, well we're going to give you more opportunities. And I'm going to stay in touch with you because uh, Erpel. What's this comic book? You know, Erpel <laughs> is, uh, you know, Mr. Erpel is, uh, you know, we, we're going to have to sit down and talk about this story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bo, thank you for joining us, my friend. We really appreciate you. Thank you, guys. I seriously appreciate I it. I really do. And consider me get out of jail free card if you're ever in West Virginia. Oh, absolutely. I'm going to stay in touch. I, I, I'm going to watch Wyona. I, I, I am going to do it because I, I, first of all, I am a Wyatt Earp fan. I, I told you I'm a, I'm a country western movie phenomenon. Yeah. I love, and I didn't even know that that was the reason why you named the movie after his daughter, Wyona Earp. So I didn't even, I didn't even know yeah. that. Yeah. So, so, um, I'm intrigued. Uh, Jillian brought another TV show for me to actually click onto after talking sports. So there you go. Yes, you can. You can watch seasons one to three on Netflix. And if you don't understand me at all, I will tell you. I will tell you because I've been watching. I've seen every single season, so I, I know everything. Well, Bo and me are oh, Bo and me are going to be pen pals. Okay. <laughs> Pun intended. I hope. Uh, Bo, thank you for joining us, my friend. All right, thank guys. you so much, Bo. Very much. Y'all have a good evening. Absolutely. We were, we were just talking to comic book writer and creator of Wyona Earp, Bo Smith. That guy is awesome. Yes, absolutely. He is awesome. And now we have a new uh, supervillain name for you. Yes, Earple. <laughs> the Earple. That's who I am. So uh, interesting, intriguing. And I will be in touch with uh, my, my new friend, Bo Smith. So, anyways, when we come back, ladies and gentlemen, we will be talking to Richmond quarterback recruit Kyle Wickersham here on Below the Mic. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Oh, I'm liking this. Little Chris Brown over here. Ho! 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 Oh, come on, Kyle! Ho! Oh, oh. Ho! <laughs> As you guys know, this is Below the Mic. We are live every single Thursday from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. New York Eastern Time. Remember, you can call us at 631-965-4990. And remember, you can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. I want to give a shout-out to Bo Smith, if you guys don't know him, the writer, a comic book writer, and very well known for as the creator of Wyona Earp. He was a great interview, gave us some good insight, not only with football and hockey, but his career and how he discovered uh, writing the book uh, Wyona Earp and, and really um, changing what sci-fi really is when it comes to country western and a little bit, you know, a little bit fictional as well. So uh, very interesting. I'm definitely going to check out his uh, 
uh, his uh, so, Wyona Earp. Yeah, yeah. I, I was I reading about it yesterday. It seemed very intriguing. Uh, it's on Netflix, so I have yeah. Netflix. So I'm <laughs> definitely going to stay tuned for that and check it out. Anyways, we have our second guest of the show. A little bit later, uh, we wanted to get him on 725, but Bo was really giving us some good insight, so I was very excited. But I, I'm looking – I was very much looking forward to interviewing this kid. We are now talking to Richmond quarterback recruit Kyle Wickersham. What's going on, Kyle? Nothing much. Uh, appreciate y'all having me on y'all show. Absolutely, man. Are you a Bo Smith fan? Uh, I wasn't, but now I am after hearing his interview. Uh, it's going to be hard to follow up after him. Oh, come on, Kyle, man. Uh, you know, we're going to have some fun with you, too, man. I, I, know, I know we're not a superstar person like Bo, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll slowly but shimmy you into the NFL and you'll become a superstar uh, next, uh, next guy like Tom Brady. We'll call you Tom like Brady it. Jr. I like it. We'll call you Tom Brady Jr. <laughs> Even though I do not believe Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. But yeah, just watch Tuesday's show. You'll hear him argue about that. <laughs> 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 As you guys know, we are talking to Richmond quarterback recruit Kyle Wickersham. Now, Kyle, um, being recruited um, from Richmond, how were you recruited? When they came to you and sat with you in your living room with your parents, what was the thing that really drew you to Richmond out of all the other schools that were trying to recruit you? Oh, one thing for sure was that they were a southern school, and that was very important to me was to stay in the south. You know, you go up too far, people are a lot different than they are down in the south. So that was, like, one thing that really stood out to me is, like, how family-oriented they were and just the way they would, like, write letters to me almost every single day. Like, I still, every single time I go into my mailbox, they got 10 new letters from the Richmond coaches. So just kind of, like, them showing that kind of love to me and all that really showed that they really wanted me. We were actually in Richmond uh, in December 2018. We, had, we took a trip to Virginia to do some uh, Before video, you say that, I, I will say this. Uh, yeah. we, were, we were in Richmond, and we were trying to find a place to eat, okay? And uh, for some reason, this guy who claims he was living on the streets, he was dressed like he was a yeah. normal person. Right, right. <laughs> he was dressed like a normal person. He was asking us for $5, 10 I'm like, dude, you got a nicer shirt and a nicer set of pants than I do. <laughs> How the hell do you need money from me? And he's like, he's like, well, you know, he was like, oh, I was like, listen, I'm going to give you five bucks. Just don't go buy booze with it, okay? And, and he started laughing. So yeah, between that and that, uh, what was that? That underground club we were at. That was oh a, my god. Those were very weird well, experience uh, we had. But... Weird experience. I thought I was in like a flatlining movie or something like that. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we we were actually there, and we actually were pretty much right near your campus for a, we could see the football stadium on the way up there. Yep, beautiful. Uh, it was v- very nice. So. What do you look forward to most in terms of embracing the culture of Richmond, uh, both with the school and with with the city, because it is a pretty big city, and the, the culture of Virginia as a whole? You're mentioning it has some southern roots to it as well. So, what are you most looking forward to with all that? I'm looking forward to just kind of making a new home up there and uh, like just venturing out of Louisiana. Louisiana is very, you know, they got their own kind of culture down here. So, going up to Richmond will really give me a good feel on, you know, what the rest of the the country's like and what the rest of the South is like. And I'm just ready to become a, become a spider and be a part of that family and, uh, you know, get back to Richmond for what they've been do- giving me for the past couple of years. 
Well, I know a lot of people that have arachnophobia, so with the name Spider, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but I'll tell you this. Uh, Virginia is a very interesting state because it's, it's so big. It's a lot bigger than people expect it to be. Everybody thinks of Virginia as just the city of Richmond, but there's so much forest. There's so much. I know so many people that have so many acres over there. They go hunting over there. It's it's an it's a very interesting state. So. Uh, being that you're from Louisiana, and I've been to Mardi Gras, and I know all about partying over there. I know the oh, yeah. <laughs> the the different takes of Louisiana. What do you see it to be different going from Louisiana to Richmond, Virginia? Well, where I'm from in Louisiana, I'm right next to New Orleans, so it's very city. Um, you know, you got a lot of modern things. And when I went to Richmond, you know, it's still a big city and all, but it feels more like like a family oriented place and it also feels like more country. Like I I feel like when I was walking around the campus at Richmond that, you know, at any moment I could take out my gun and start hunting. <laughs> we we saw a deer. We saw a deer on the um campus as we were walking. So that that was just really cool to kind of see like a place that has such a big city to kind of still have like a like a nature feel to it too. Well, you got to come to Long Island because if you want to see deers and bucks running around in your backyard, come to Long Island. It's not it, – I, I don't know about pulling out a gun and trying to shoot it. But <laughs> At this rate, one's going to jump in the pool. Well, I, yesterday – you know, it's funny that you say that. Yesterday, I'm actually a volunteer firefighter, and I'm over there – at this place called McCuskey, and, and we do, like, fire drills over there. We go into burning buildings, and we put them out. And I, we saw two bucks outside hanging out with – and it was, it was getting dark out. And we saw – everybody thought it was birds flying over our head. They were bats. They were bats. What kind oh. of bird would be flying over your head, at, you know, in the dark, okay? Those are bats. And they were like, there's no way they're bats. I'm like, dude, then you hear them making these stupid sounds. I'm like, I told you they were bats. So uh, I'm telling you right now, here in Long Island, as much as you, you look at Virginia being that you can go hunting over here, there's so much woods over here. and There's so much. It's definitely a place for you definitely to check out. If you, if you like to hunt and you like to see, like, um, different animals roaming around, like foxes and possums and, and raccoons, this is the place to be, my friend. So uh, just I'm to, to come visit it then. Uh, you could come and visit whenever you want. We'll show you the, the nice wineries out here. We're very well known for the wineries out here. The only problem we're not known for out here is uh, um, if you don't have a car, good luck. <laughs> you're not gonna you're not gonna get many places without a car. That's for sure over here in Long Island. So yeah, you were men- <laughs> you were mentioning you're from Louisiana, and my my best friend in college actually is, is going to grad school over there at uh, Lafayette, Louisiana Lafayette, and he tells me how yeah, unique sir. the culture is as a whole, both with the football culture and just with the culture as a whole there. So. Go through that. Like, what was it like with the football culture, whether it's college football or the Saints, who was a, who was a huge following, huge fan base for them, and also just everything unique about the state of Louisiana, a lot of interesting things there. Oh, yes, sir. Um, you know, Friday for the games, our stadiums will be packed, packed to the brim. We actually played the number one game in the country, voted on max preps. Um, we were ranked the number 11 team in the nation. The team we were playing against was ranked the number Five team in the nation. They had fireworks going everywhere when we scored touchdowns. Uh, people standing on the sidelines. We had, you know, people like Jamar Chase, Christian Fulton, Coach O. They were all there, all watching the game. So that just kind of shows the importance of it. And then the next day, you know, me and my teammates will go watch an LSU football game. We'll tailgate up there, and uh, 
you know, some of us were fortunate enough to actually be going on a visit to LSU. So we would get we would get to go on the sidelines for the games, talk to Coach O, and do that kind of stuff. And then Sunday mornings we'd wake up and go to the Saints game. So, you know, when it's football season over here, you're watching football every single day of the weekend. We are talking to Richmond quarterback recruit Kyle Wickersham. That's an awesome name, by the way, Wickersham. Oh, we're doing the Wickersham dance. We'll do the Wickersham <laughs> dance. Are you a dancer, Kyle? Are you a dancer? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll dance if I have to, but, I mean, people make fun of me. But I just That's good. Care. That's good because we're, we're doing a TikTok competition with recruits, and uh, we definitely we have some quarterbacks <laughs> that are going to do it, so we might get you involved with we it. Have you and uh, Chance McDonald? Is that the matchup? Yeah, Chance. We yeah. can get Chance. Good. Yeah, Chance would be good. That sounds good. <laughs> uh, I, I, listen, we like to have fun on this show, man. We we like to have fun with the recruits. We like if you're if, if we we interview professional athletes. We interview college athletes, uh, professional coaches, college coaches. It, it doesn't matter who we interview. We like to have fun with you guys. So uh, uh, to me, when I look at the quarterback position, it's not only the leadership position; it's the most important position on the field. So why don't you tell some of the fans what? When when you go into a game and, and, and really going to practices and, and working on certain plays, what do you put into it before you go into a game? Oh, wow. Um, well, during the school week, I'll go into school at like 6 a.m. and me and my quarterback coach and the offense coordinator will sit down and watch film all the way up until, you know, 8 o'clock when the bell rings. Um, you know, just knowing what, what the tendencies are of a defense, what coverage they're going to be going into on certain downs and distances. You have a lot of uh, studying, actually, as a quarterback. I'd say 50% of it's mental, and then 50% is actually just making the throw. And then going out there and practicing with with your wide receivers and just getting the routes down. I mean, this whole entire quarantine, I wake up at 7 a.m., we go throw at the field for 8, just trying to get the um, the routes down, the timing down, because it's really important to have timing. Because if you don't have timing, then you might be throwing the ball you know, before the guy even breaks to the spot where he should be, but he's not there yet because you haven't worked on it. So, you know, game time is really almost just a walkthrough. It's it's everything you practice, and there, and you can't really change anything once you get into the game. If you're not prepared, it will show. So the a, you're entering a conference in the AAC, which has been pretty good for football lately. We saw UCF go undefeated in back-to-back years. We saw Memphis play very well this year, Houston teams like that. So – you're entering that conference now. So do you think that level of play that you're going to be playing against and even playing with on your Richmond team is going to be very similar to a lot of power five conferences because they've been just as good as a lot of power five conferences in recent years. Oh yes, sir. Absolutely. I think people get it wrong when you say you're going to maybe like a smaller school because they don't have as many people that go there, but there's so many athletes, especially in, in where we're from the South and you know, even the whole United States, where there's guys that are just being overlooked by these Power Five schools. Maybe they didn't start till their junior year. You know, maybe they didn't even start playing football till their senior year. And there's a lot of kids that are sleepers. I can't tell you how many times Power Five schools have talked to me and told me, "Hey, we really like your tape, but we already have five offers out to guys that they might have offered in eighth grade year." So. You know, a lot of these kids are good enough to play there and become stars at Power 5 schools, but they just they played the game wrong. You know, some of these kids have been going to camps since they're eight years old. I personally didn't start going to camps till last year. So a lot of the Power 5 and recruiting stuff that happens is actually about playing the game right. You know, if you go to the camps early, 
you get in front of the 247 riders and the rivals riders, then those are the guys that go to the Power 5 schools. We are talking to Richmond quarterback recruit Kyle Wickersham. Now, Kyle, I, I, I am not a quarterback. I never played quarterback. And um, I do argue about who's the greatest quarterback of all time. I also argue about uh, who the better corner, the, who's the best corner I've ever seen in professional football. Um, defensively, when, when you watch college football and, and the, the difference in the speed of the game when you watch the NFL to college football and, and you watch some of these guys in the NFL like um, Aaron Donald or you're talking about uh, – uh, Khalil Mack, all these guys. And then you get the opportunity to watch some of these great defensive players in college football that could be the next big superstar in the NFL. When you watch that and you see the speed of the game uh, from going from you know watching the NFL and going to play college Division One football, do you see any difference in the game and the speed of the game from the NFL? Uh, well, I see a difference, but... The way that – because my dad played in the NFL a little bit, so he actually told me that the jump from high school to college is way bigger than the jump from um, college to the NFL. And that's because once you get to the NFL, everyone's playing on the same speed. Everyone's moving faster. and then But so is everyone's minds too. Physically and mentally, the quarterbacks are seeing things faster. Uh, they're getting the ball out faster. The wide receivers are breaking faster. So I think from the – from the college level to the NFL level, it's it's almost the same because once you get to the level of D1, everyone, like all the people that probably shouldn't have been playing high school football or were just playing for fun, they're cut out. So now you're getting to like, you know, really, really good athletes on really, really good athletes. And, that, and that's why I think the speed, you know, it changes a lot, but it becomes more of a mental game, I think. That's, that's interesting. That's the first time I've ever heard any recruit tell me that. So that's, mm-hmm. that's very interesting. Yeah. By the way, who is your father? I just want to just want to know if I recognize uh, the name. My father's Jeff Wickersham. No, it doesn't ring a bell. What position was he? He was a quarterback. Of he course started he was. LSU, eighty-two through eighty-five. He actually had the um, passing record for the most amount of yards hmm. at LSU until Joe Burrow came in and broke it. <laughs> That's where I saw the name. That's where I saw the name because I remember when Joe Burrow's actually broke it uh, a year ago. And his name, Wickersham, was up there. That's right. Yes, sir. I, uh-huh. I remember that. It was on ESPN, and I saw Wickersham. That's, we that's weird. That, that's, that's interesting. Who did, you, who did your father play for in the NFL? He played for the Miami Dolphins for, I think, maybe two years, but he was behind Dan Marino. Wow. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, he, he took the trip up to Canada to hopefully get a new contract, and then he ended up tearing his ACL, MCL, all of that, and just, like, just taking a drop in practice. That was very unfortunate. Well, do you see yourself as an NFL player? Uh, I mean, with your ability, your size, and uh, your strengths as a quarterback in the NCAA? I mean, I like to I like to think of myself. I try to have the confidence of an NFL player. Um, you know, that's my ultimate dream, ultimate goal, of course. But my, you know, my dad always taught me, you know, don't rely on making it there because chances are you're not mm-hmm. but but yes i i can absolutely see myself maybe playing an nfl game one day well i tell you this your father's a smart man because a lot of these kids and i watch a lot of these netflix docu- documentaries half of these guys think uh, i don't know if you guys if you never seen chances you uh or dream yes, you sir. i watched that i've watched the documentary i've watched every single season of it 
And a lot of these guys, they think that they're, you know, being that they're playing for community college, that they're the next NFL superstar because they're going to get a Division One scholarship, and then they're going to play one or two years, and then they're going to be eligible for the NFL in the draft, and they're going to go right into the draft. They're going to get drafted, and they're going to play and become multimillionaires. It just doesn't happen like that. Uh, one, one out of every, I think they say, 10,000 people, uh, 10,000 athletes make it to the NFL. Yes, sir. No, yeah, it's, I mean, they have a lot of kids that think that's, that's their way out. And what they really need to focus on is that Division One offers their way out because now they can get an education and use it for when football is over. I, I think it's absolutely true. I, I think that's a lot of problem with a lot of the athletes these days is that their parents have been pushing them and pushing them and pushing them uh, because they want to get out of the hood or they want to get out of uh, uh, being in situations where they, they've been their whole lives and, and they're their way, their family's way out. And they, their family and their parents put a lot of pressure on their shoulders. And, and sometimes that just doesn't happen. Either they're not good enough students or uh, they tear something or they're just not as good of an athlete. When you go and play in division one football, you're playing against the best of the best. You're playing against the right. best athletes in the country at that, that position. So adaptability to reading defense. Yeah. Too, so yeah. I, I think, you know, what, the one thing I've learned about – and I was a great athlete, too. I was a, I was a big-time hockey player. And I, I've learned – I learned very, very quick. No matter how good you are, as soon as you hurt yourself, you're, you're, there's another person uh, filling in your spot. There's another person that can take over. So uh, yes, there's, there's, no guarantee, there's no guarantees at all, Kyle. So before we let you go, Kyle, uh, we do this to all our recruits. We're going to ask you some silly questions, and we, exe- we, we expect some silly answers, Okay. <laughs> yes, sir. All right. First question: boxers or briefs, and why? Boxers, because I like to just you know have a little air <laughs> down there, just kind of air it out a little bit. <laughs> well, you know, air down there, and I, I love to move the air up there. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> question number two: your favorite snack to eat before a game, and why? Skittles. It has to be Skittles. I eat that before every single playoff game and before the state championship game. And, you know, I, I watch Marshawn Lynch a lot. So, you know, he, he ate Skittles before his big game, so I eat Skittles before my big game. I'm going to make a deal with you. I did this for Devin Kirkwood, uh, the 13th ranked prospect in the country. I told him if he's, he has four to five interceptions in his first year at UCLA, I will send him – a six-month um, supply supply of gummy bears, okay, because he's a big gummy bear guy. So what I'm going to do for you, if you throw between 25 or more touchdowns, this if there is a season or next season, whatever whenever, your first year starting, your first is, year yeah. starting is, I will send you two months' supply of Skittles. How's that sound? But- that sounds great, but just so you know, I will be uh, calling you if I do that. Oh, you, you can call me all you want. I'll send it to you. I'm a man of my word, my friend. Now, I have to ask, are you, is it just traditional Skittles, or do you like some of the other flavor varieties? I'll send too? you all different kinds. Just, yeah, okay, that sounds good. Yeah, I can go for any type of Skittles. I'm going to send them all different kinds, but if you throw between 25 or, or 25 or more touchdowns your first season, I will send you a two-month supply of Skittles. I promise you I will put this on my paper, and I, I've, I've lived up to every single thing I said, so I promise you I will do that. That's a deal. All right. Yes, sir. Question number three. Maybe be three. on a commercial with Marshawn Lynch. Today. That's right. You could be standing on his shoulders, you know. 
We'll call it the the Beast Mode Skittles commercial. <laughs> uh, third question: Blondes or brunettes, and why? Blondes, without a doubt. That's that's a southern uh, that's a southern girl hospitality southern over there type girl. <laughs> <laughs> every every girl every girl that lives down here has their blonde hair when they get to the beach, hmm. and that's uh. That's that's definitely what I've grown up to like. (laughs) (laughs) New question. What would you rather be attacked by? An alligator or a shark? A shark. Because (laughs) they'll bite you once and then they'll circle around and like maybe come get you again. Alligator grabs your leg. He's twisting you and twisting you, and you're gonna you're gonna die. <laughs> Trust me, I know. For, I've seen I've seen those things kill other animals firsthand, and it does not look fun. Well, I'm sure Louisiana. I actually, when I was in Louisiana, I got sick of Mardi Gras. Okay, I was there for six days. I, with, within the first two days, I had too many Waka Flockas. Okay, too many of them. Uh, that's Dr Pepper and Fireball. Okay, guys, and I'm not a drinker. So the first cup I had, I was like flying. I, I wanted to jump off a, a two-story building. Okay, so uh, don't. I, I advise you not to drink Dr Pepper and Fireball. Stay the hell away from them. But uh, noted. Yes. So when um, when when I got sick of it, I, I said, "Let's go alligator hunting. Let's go. Let's go check out Louisiana." I've never seen a bunch of crazy people on a boat jump into a water. And feed these alligators with whatever they were putting in their mouth, beef or whatever, feeding the alligators while they were swimming with them. I, I was like, what the hell is going on here? I mean, like, we're watching this. this big, crazy. I'm serious. I, I, this fat guy. I mean, this alligator probably would have used them as bait. I mean, seriously. I, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm seriously, man. I, I've never seen crazier people in my life. They're swimming in the I'm water with the alligators. Down here- People down here move differently. They just don't care. Do they ever? <laughs> Do they ever? Anyways, uh, last question for me, and uh, this is a good question: If there was a team in this world that you wanted a professional team, and I know you're a professional sports fan, is there a particular team you couldn't stand growing up? Who? I couldn't stand. I'd say the Lakers because. I always saw them on TV. They were always being hyped up, and then they would never do anything during the season. Hmm. So, but it's different now. But I just did not grow up liking the Lakers for some reason. But I think it's because they beat the Hornets too. <laughs> when I went to uh, my first basketball game, when they were the Hornets, now they're the Pelicans. But I hated them after that. <laughs> oh, and so you're a Pelicans fan? Yes, sir. Pelicans. We're not very good, but. You know, we got Zion now. Oh, there it is. There <laughs> it is. Zion Williamson. Don't listen to our old shows. We had a host that used to rip Zion. I love Zion Williamson. <laughs> I think he's... <laughs> we, I, we both like him. <laughs> I predicted he was going to be a star in this league. Everybody said he was going to be too big, too fat. He doesn't fit the position. Oh, boy, oh, boy. If this guy could stay on the court, this guy is, is as dominant. I think he could be as dominant as LeBron James when he figures out the game a little bit more and the speed of the game a little bit better. I, I think he's special. He's a special player. But, uh, um, yes, sir. Absolutely. I, we definitely want to get you back on the show. We really would when the season starts. If there is a season, uh, we would love to get you on the show. And if not this year, we'll get it before next year because I do believe there will be a football season next year for sure. 
Um, and uh, I'm looking forward, man. I'm a, I'm a big fan. Uh, I'm going to stay in touch with you. And uh, if you throw over 24, 25 or more touchdowns, I will send you two months supply of Skittles. That is my guarantee to you. That sounds good. I can't wait. <laughs> well, I, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to keep tabs on you, man. And I listen, with your personality and your ability and everything that I've read about you, I, I believe you're going to succeed wherever you go, my friend. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Absolutely. As you guys know, that was Kyle Wickersham. Very, very nice kid. Um, interesting. Uh, gave us some good answers and very friendly. Very funny. Very friendly. Uh, so was Bo. Uh, Bo was great, too. Uh, yeah. Great show. It was a great show. Um, I'd like to thank Bo for joining us. I know in his busy schedule from Wyona Earp and, and, and uh, writing comics and everything like that. Including for him, the newest one, the Earple. The Earple, yes. The Earple will be in stores <laughs> near you very, very soon. Uh, it will be starring me. Okay, so the Earple will be uh, a number one seller when it comes to sci-fi. So there you go. And I will be the guy. I would be the bad guy. I, I would be a good bad guy, wouldn't I? I told you that was a perfect super villain name that he just said it. it the Earple. It just came up. It was like, that's just so perfect for a super villain name. Yeah. I mean, uh, why not uh, make uh, the Earple part of his show? I mean, uh, or make a show out of the Earple. I, I think that would be a great comic uh, villain name. And, and, and just mimic him around me because I'm an evil person, too. So there you go. I, I don't know how evil I could be. But, you know, anyways, that's it for our show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we will be back on Monday. We have a great show lined up. We have great shows lined up for you next week. Uh, the Wise Guys will be in tomorrow. Uh, we have Off the Mat over the weekend. We have Weapons Hot over the weekend. Uh, we have a lot of new shows coming to the network. Shout out, by the way, we are now merging with Belly Up Sports. Us and Belly Up, a worldwide sports radio network and Belly Up Sports are now going to be merging together. So uh, stay tuned for that. There's a lot of big things happening with the uh, worldwide sports radio network and Belly Up Sports uh, moving forward. I'm very excited for that. I want to give a shout out to Mike Brown and his team. Um, I'm, we've been waiting for this. We've been working at this and, and we're very excited to merge together with a, a very well-known media organization as good and as uh, professional as Belly Up Sports. So definitely looking forward for the future as well. Um, uh, we will be back on Monday. And by the way, stay tuned. 103.9, the Weekend Crunch, with me and Eric Coleman on uh, the LI News Radio Network on Saturday at 7 p.m. Uh, we're going to have our special guest, Kevin Weeks, uh, from the NHL Network. He played for the New York Rangers, the Florida Panthers. Long career in the NHL. Uh, we'll be having Kevin on the show, so that'll be interesting. Uh, talking hockey with Eric Coleman is like talking um, talking to a wall. That's talking MMA with me. It's the same thing. <laughs> it's like talking to a wall. But I, I love Eric. Eric is learning a little bit about hockey, and uh, I, I, uh, he's, I, I wouldn't have a better – I wouldn't ask for a better partner. So uh, – Looking forward uh, to the Weekend Crunch this weekend as well. My friend is engagement party is on Saturday, so I'll be DJing that after after the uh, before the show. I'll be uh, uh, doing and DJing that engagement party, so it's going to be very very interesting to say the least. Um, again, we'll be back on Monday. Until then, this is Errol Marks and Speedy Petey saying good night. We'll talk to you then. Good night, everybody. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.